Itching for that big marketing chat fix? We've got just what you need right here at CMO Combo. And it's definitely big marketing chat in this episode as we're flipping marketing on its head. Think marketing is all about your customers? According to our guest, Tim Parkin, marketing advisor to a portfolio of multi-million dollar brands, you're thinking about it all wrong. Instead, you need to be looking inwards and focusing your marketing internally to get everyone engaged, motivated, and on brand. Ready to fly in the face of everything you've been told about marketing? Well, keep listening because Tim's ideas aren't so crazy as you might think. Hi, Tim. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? I'm great, Will. Thanks so much for having me here. Well, th- thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us today because it's a it's a conversation that it's cropped up a few times in um, in uh, in the, on the show with various CMOs at different levels, and that's the importance of marketing internally and have, having sort of like the ability to align the rest of the organization using marketing because we often think about marketing as being this very external thing but it's important internally as well um whether you're in b2b b2c or anything pretty much you need to be making sure your organization is aligned but before we get down to talking about that tim maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself and why we're talking to you you specifically on this subject today Absolutely. Well, I'm an advisor to marketing executives globally at some of the biggest brands, some you've probably heard of, billion-dollar companies. And I help them and their teams increase the revenue and results of their marketing. And so I think you know I've seen a lot uh, internally, uh, good and bad, <laughs> and we have a lot to talk about here. So I'm really excited. Awesome. Awesome. So um, before we get going with sort of like the internal marketing, let's let's talk about like how we sort of arrive this realization that we need to have this kind of thing because. I think it, I feel like it's something that's only started really being talked about recently. This kind of like internal marketing and employee branding. Um, so let, let's talk about how you kind of reached the conclusion that it was important. Yeah, you know, I'm fortunate. I work with really big teams. Uh, you know, companies that are huge that have massive marketing teams. And when I first did that, when I first started out, I thought, you know, they know what to do and they have all the processes and and they're experienced and skilled at doing marketing. And their problem, I thought, was that. They can't reach the customers or they can't understand what the customers really want. You know, everyone talks about being customer focused, customer centric. But once I got inside these companies and worked with these teams, I realized pretty quickly that it's not about the customers at all. You know, we have to ignore the customer, forget about the customer, because the real problem here is the fundamentals, uh, the skills, the collaboration, the strategy. Internally, it's a mess. And the bigger you are, the more these problems uh, reveal themselves and the more intricate they become, you know, with things like politics and hierarchy and things of that nature. So that's what I've discovered. And I've found that it's pretty consistent, you know, whether you're a startup or an enterprise level company, uh, the team and how they operate uh, is so important. And that's why I call it marketing inside out, that we need to focus inside first. And if we can nail that, if we can refine that, if we can do an exceptional job internally with our processes, with how we think about and how we approach marketing, then that's how we can serve the customer the best and have the best result. What, what, what are these kinds of processes that can be refined through, through inside-out marketing? There's so many, right? I mean, from fundamental project management, which is typically lacking. You know, Most people, most marketers are more creative, I'd say, and so they don't have that kind of project management skill set. Um, but also to how we do marketing. You know, marketing, even internally inside of its own department, is pretty siloed. You know, you have the paid channels over here and you have the SEO over there and then you get the PR. They don't really work cohesively. So a lot of it is the collaboration aspect and the strategic aspect of what are we doing and how do we work together to do that? Um, but another thing I've found is that people think that they know what will work. 
They think that we know, we see what our competitors do. And if we copy that, or we know the customer better than other people. And the reality that I realized as well is that nobody knows what will work. I don't know what will work despite being an advisor. And you don't know what will work. Your agency doesn't know what will work. Your customers don't know what will work. And that's what led me to realize that testing is fundamental to marketing and that internally we have to develop those skills. And so I call it test-driven marketing, that we have to test our way and find our way to success. No one knows what will work. And internally, there's often this assumption that we do know what will work, that we've done the research, that we have the experience, that we've been doing this as a company long enough. And we have to throw that notion out and abandon it and kind of relearn, if you will, because if there's one thing marketing does, it's change. Definitely, definitely. And it's changed massively in the last couple of years with everything that's going on. Like our, our entire marketing ecosystem has changed. The way people live their lives has changed. The way we consume media has changed. The way people work has changed. And I, I suppose that also ties into the importance of this inside out marketing. Like if everyone's working in um, different, yeah, if everyone's working remotely or in hybrid teams, that like you could have teams that are split across continents even. So it's got to be very hard to align people. So having this kind of, I don't want to say formula, formulaic or this formal formalized process of internal marketing, I think has got to be very important in the way the world we're living in the moment. You're absolutely right, Will. It's so uh, spot on that most companies are not used to the idea of working remote. They still don't accept the idea of working remote. You know, some of my clients say, you know, we're not going to have remote employees. We're going back to the office. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy idea. I mean, I've been working independent for 15 years now uh, at home. And so for me, the pandemic was not a surprise. And for a lot of people, that's the same. But there's still big companies that don't accept that notion. And on the flip side, you know, some of my clients have a headquarters in one country and yet have offices in other countries like you're alluding to here. And that's a big challenge because there's communication that happens in that home base, if you will, that's hard to share outside because you're not walking down the halls and having that conversation and you forget to formalize that communication, to share it out. So there's a lot of intricacies here about how we operate as marketers and how we collaborate as marketers. And that's where most of the waste in marketing is. You know, we talk about the waste that we spend on ads that, you know, don't convert and don't work and don't deliver results. That's half of it. The other half is inside. It's in your team. It's how your team is not operating efficiently and effectively together. And that's a massive, massive waste. And fortunately, it's something you have control over. And I suppose as well, like um, we talk a lot, we've talked a lot on the show about the importance of having independence in remote or hybrid settings. But at the same time, I feel being disconnected makes you less willing to make those those testing those test choices to to be adventurous with your ideas because you don't have that support network backing you up. You can't just go straight to your boss and say like, "Oh, let's try this out." You have to go through quite a few like formal steps before you can have that that face to face meeting to get that go ahead. So I suppose, yeah, the inside out marketing, the test room marketing got to be sort of quite intrinsically linked that kind of to create that atmosphere where people are willing to take chances and take risks. And that's essential for marketing at the end of the day. A hundred percent. Yes. And when I first started out, I thought culture was this buzzword that, you know, mm-hmm. culture is just whatever happens. And, and if the people are nice to each other and you enjoy hanging out with them. And I've learned that it's the opposite could not be more true that you can create a culture and the culture you create, whether you do it intentionally or accidentally, is a real thing that impacts the whole team and your performance and your results. And I think that's what you're speaking about here is that if you can create a culture where we reward testing, because the reality of testing is it's not about getting it right. It's about learning something. Testing is not about the results and the outcome. It's about the insights that you get. And so if we can reward and create a culture where people are willing to try things and fail, 
And maybe it doesn't improve things, maybe it makes things worse, but we learn something and that's a net positive. And marketing really is about figuring things out. It's about insights and learning what works and what doesn't, how people will respond and how they won't. And again, that's a capability internally that most marketing teams lack. They lack the ability to generate powerful and useful insights. And it's, it's a huge problem and it costs companies millions and millions of dollars a year because they're doing marketing, you know, quote unquote, doing marketing, but it's not effective because they have no insights because they've never looked internally to develop those capabilities and say, what are we really doing? And should we be doing it or not? And is it working or not? And how do we do it better? So we need to pause and stop and reflect before we just keep running faster and faster with no reason, with no direction. And then saying what you're saying about the things not going well, I mean, there's an there's a old... The old piece of wisdom that you learn more from your failures than you do from your, your successes, but you can't really do that in the working world easily. Like it's a hard thing to get beh- get people behind because, as you said, it can cost money uh, to have these mistakes happen. Even if it pays off in the long run to have this knowledge, you still have to get the buy-in initially, and then you might lose trust if it's a failure as well. And I suppose that is something to think about when it comes to marketing internally is being able to market market the need to take these chances like as cmos they have to work with work with the other c-suite they have to work with the ceo they have to work with particularly the cfo to get buy-in on projects and you've got to market to them why you need to make these uh, these these experiments i suppose and why you need to take these chances yeah and this is the reason cmo tenure is so short because marketing is seen as an add-on to a company you know we're a company we sell something we have a sales team Let's add on marketing and hope that it helps us and support sales. And that's the complete opposite approach. Marketing is not something you do. Marketing is who you are as a company. And if you look at Apple, you know what they do, uh, they embody marketing. Everything they do is marketing. They're not selling products. You buy the products because their marketing is so good. And that's what we need to learn. You know, We look at Apple and think they're cool and hip and all that. And they are, but we forget the brilliance of their marketing and what they've done. And, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, laid this foundation for the whole company, but they're brilliant marketers. And when companies take marketing as a function, add it on and tack it on, and then hire a CMO and say, you better figure it out, that's not sufficient. And so this starts from the top with marketing being seen as the core of the company and companies that are driven by marketing, it's apparent, you know, you can see it clearly because they're so successful as a result. You know, I, I tell this story, I'll tell it here, but you know, Chewy is a, a company that's a pet company and really well-known. They do a lot of wonderful things. Um, but my mom had a dog who was very old, had been through surgeries, and you know, she had ordered some special dog food for him. His name was Buddy. And right after she got the food, you know, Buddy unfortunately passed away. And so she wrote to them and said, you know, I got this dog food, I can't use it. You know, will you take it back? Give me a refund. They responded and they immediately refunded her and they said, we don't want it back. Go and donate it to a shelter. They need it oh. you know, more than we do. Amazing, yeah. right? It's a great That's response. Great. Yeah. yeah. But then a couple of days later, she gets a knock on the door and 1-800-Flowers had come and dropped off flowers with her from Chewy with a note that said, you know, hi, Marge, we're sorry to hear about Buddy. You know, hope you're doing okay. That's marketing. I mean, you can't yeah. beat that. And she's told everyone, I've told everyone, I've told this story, I've written about this story. That's, and you go online and look at it. Chewy does this with every type of situation you can imagine. That's how companies need to think. That's how CMOs need to think. And that type of marketing is only possible to your point if you can sell this internally. Because what's the ROI of that? I mean, it's infinite, but it's also immeasurable. And so that's what we have to realize is that internally, there's a case to be made here that marketing is about treating people the way we want to be treated as a customer. And if we can believe that, if we can accept that culturally inside, then we'll have huge success. 
but there's too much focus on marketing delivers an ROI and you know you can calculate all this. You can't always calculate it. And we have to accept that. And internally, there's a huge sales conversation to have there to your point about what marketing truly is and how we want to embrace marketing. And I suppose to, to present those brand values outwardly, um, to build that kind of connection with a customer, I feel it's got to be reflected inside as well. You've got to have a team that's passionate and want to, wants to take those steps for their customers. So you've got to have those brand values from the top down. You've got to show, lead by example as the CMO, but you've also got to support your staff and make them happy to be wanting to make those, go the extra mile for people. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, leadership is a key part here from the CMO or, you know, if you're an executive or whoever you are on the marketing team, you definitely have to you know, demonstrate how this is possible and you have to help your team be creative with this as well. You mentioned, you know, budgets and trying to get funding for this. You know, another great example is TripAdvisor and the CEO of TripAdvisor, and he would do what he created, what he called 404 tests, which if you click a link on a website, and the link doesn't work. It'll give you a 404 error. That's the name of the error. And what they would do is they would come up with a product or an idea or a page for the website. Before building it, they would put a link on their website to that page or to that feature or whatever, but they wouldn't build it. So people would come to the site and click the link and it would say 404, you know, not found. What they realized is that when people did that, they thought it was their internet or their computer. They didn't blame the site. They didn't blame TripAdvisor. But what TripAdvisor could do is they could see how many people click this link. Was it 1%? Was it 10%? Was it 50%? And if enough people click the link, they would say, aha, this is a good idea. Let's go and build the thing now, build the feature, build the page, whatever. And it cost them nothing, right? But it, it, all they had to do was agree and say, we're okay with putting a bad link on our website and temporarily letting people see if it doesn't work. So you can get really creative like that and find ways, as long as you can get the buy-in internally to say, we're okay with this temporarily, uh, temporary discomfort or a bad behavior initially to get a better result, to save money, to learn, again, learn something. Do people care about this or not? So there's a lot of ways like that, that we can test things, that we can experiment with things, but also that we can equip our teams if we can change the culture and change the perspective of what marketing really is and what it needs to look like and what we need to know in order to be successful. That is an absolutely fascinating way of approaching links on websites. I've never even thought that because it, it flies in the face of all the best practices that you see online and all the advisory about how you build a website. Like They think as soon as someone finds a bad link on your site, that's it. You've lost that customer. You've lost that potential lead. Like That's it. Right. You yeah. made yourself look like a fool, but it's a way of and turning that kind of process into a success at the end of the day, which is beautiful. It, it is. And it uses that creativity. And I'm, I wonder who on the team came up with it, but the CEO has come out and said it saved them, you know, millions of dollars and countless hours of building things that no one wanted, you know, and that's how we need to think. But again, to your point, that's about equipping the team to be creative to think differently and to embrace failure, to try things that, again, are unconventional or against best practices, as you said, or that just simply might not work. But we have to be focused on the internal capabilities and equipping, enabling our teams to do that. If we just operate like we're robots, continue to do marketing, you know, you go do the SEO and you run the ads and let's just hope everything works, that's not sufficient. And, and we're working in silos still within our team and we're focusing on the customer, sure, but we can't really serve the customer well until we're serving ourselves correctly and have a solid foundation. You know, on the plane, if you've ever flown, which I'm sure most people have, they say, if the oxygen masks pops down, put yours on first before you help somebody else. And the reason for that is if you don't, in about 10 to 30 seconds, you'll pass out and then you can't help anybody else. And this is how marketing teams need to think is we need to help ourselves build our skills, 
get our ducks in a row before we can serve the customer. We're too focused on serving the customer first and putting ourselves last. And that's limiting, that's hindering our ability to truly serve our customers and to make a difference and to fight the competition that's out there. Because companies like Chewy who are putting the customer first in that way, you know, uh, or rather building the internal capabilities to then put the customer you know, at the center are doing an exceptional job. But if you just try to do the opposite, you're going to struggle. And I suppose as well, uh, employee retention is going to be very important in that as well. Like if your employees are happy, they're going to stick around and they're going to keep doing good work as well. Like if, they're, if they're not happy, they're going to take their skills somewhere else. If they're not able to put their skills to the full extent that, they're able, that they think they're capable of, then they're going to get bored or they're just going to be unhappy with the work. And it's such a, such a, it's such a shame when you see very, very capable marketers feeling trapped in a team and feeling they have to take their skills somewhere else, even though they do have the potential to take that brand or take the work to amazing places in that place. And building a good employee brand values, brand branding and supporting your team through this sort of internal marketing, you're going to get better work out of them at the end of the day. Um, I'm sure you agree with that, Tim. Oh, Will, that's a, it's a brilliant point. It's uh, funny that you mentioned that because I do a lot of assessments of marketing teams to figure out, you know, what are their problems? What are their issues? How can they improve? And as part of that, you know, I interview many people on the team. And because I'm an outsider, you know, they implicitly trust me and they tell me a lot of things they wouldn't tell their boss or they wouldn't tell their, their colleagues. <laughs> and just this morning, I was talking to uh, a member of a marketing team, uh, a global company, and they were expressing to me exactly that, their frustration that they see the needs internally and they have the vision and uh, they express several things that, you know, opportunities for improvement, but they're saying, I'm, I'm the new person here and there's some, you know, cultural differences and, you know, I don't think people listen to me and I've heard these things. And so they're frustrated and they're thinking about, you know, potentially what do I do with this? And, and always that can lead to, are they a flight risk or not? You know, are they not being fully utilized? Uh, so there's so many disadvantages there when that information is just withheld from us. And we need to expose it. We need to embrace that our team has the skills, are smart people. That's why we hired them, right? But we have to get out of the way and help them work together effectively because there's a lot of frustration among teams, marketing teams in particular, about the inefficiencies of how we work and, and what they can say and can't say and how they can collaborate. And, you know, you have to stay in your lane and don't do anything else. Well, that limits them so much. This is why we need marketing inside out uh, more than ever. It's it's so important, especially right now with the great resignation, with people leaving and and competitors eating up your employees and taking them from you, you know, poaching them, and it's expensive to get new people. And then there's the whole you know time frame to onboard someone new, get them acclimated to the team, to just have the same issues. So we need to again stop and pause and look internally and fix these issues. Because you can't you can't take loyalty for granted anymore. Like there are so many options out there, especially with the world of remote work. You're not even limited by geography these days. So True. Yes. It, it, there there is always greener pastures out there, I suppose. Um, so we've talked a lot about why it's a big advantage to market internally and encourage this culture of experimentation. What are some of the practical steps that CMOs and marketing leaders can take to create this kind of atmosphere that they need that well, that they should have in order to be successful. There's two really practical steps you can take immediately today that I recommend. You know, the first is to just be real with your team. Uh, they would love to hear this from you. And, and I see this all the time with marketing teams that everyone knows when there's problems, when there's issues, when there's opportunities to improve. And there's room to improve in every marketing team, no matter how big you are, how successful you are, how well you're doing. So the first step is to have a conversation with your team, have a town hall meeting with your team and say, 
know, here's the situation. We're sure there's issues. We're sure there's problems and we want to know what they are. And you can, you know, submit those anonymously or however you want to do it. And the second thing is we want to improve. We want to constantly be doing better. And we're going to take that seriously. And so here's what we want to hear from you and, you know, your ideas for improvement. But more importantly, we want to make this a regular thing. And what I recommend to my clients is, you know, every month, every quarter, have a day, one day a month, even if it's two hours on that day where you get together or you work individually to find ways to improve your processes, your process documentation, your collaboration, your communication. You know, those are the fundamentals internally uh, that will help you tremendously, but we never take the time to work on those to improve them. That's the first thing. The second thing is what I call the book of knowledge. And the book of knowledge is really simple. It's basically just an internal wiki, a document that houses everything about your marketing team. So from the basics of who's on the team and what do they do and what are their responsibilities? You know, if you have like a racy matrix or responsibility matrix, that can be really helpful. And then all of your processes, you list them out and document them in one place so that a new person could go in there and see it and the people can reference that. Your onboarding for your marketing team as you hire new people, whatever process you have for onboarding, the links to the resources and the documents and all that stuff you can put in there. Vendors, who are you working with? What's the statement of work and the scope and all that stuff? Your tracking and your targeting list, who are you targeting? What do you track? Where's your analytics? Links to reports and dashboards. I mean, I can go on and on. You get the picture here. Anything and everything related to how you do marketing goes into this book of knowledge. But most importantly, your reports, your updates, your changes, your discussions, uh, the the campaign performance. So you can see what have we done? What's worked? What hasn't worked? What can we do differently going forward? And how can we improve our operations and our optimization, the two areas that really matter, so we can get better results from us as a team and better results from the marketing that we're doing. And so that book of knowledge just grows and grows and grows over time to become a truly valuable resource that people are constantly adding things into and can reference and see and understand hey, I know we've tried these things. What if we tried these things and have an idea log, have a future log to see what do we need to do in the future? So it becomes an invaluable resource and it's really easy to get started making it as long as your team keeps adding to it and maintaining it. Uh, that would be an absolutely invaluable resource for a marketing team um, to see what's worked, what hasn't worked, to see what didn't even come to fruition. And it makes me think of, there's a, there's a great episode of Mad Men where Don Draper's absolutely drunk he's obsessed with finding this idea that he think is going to be the, the key to cracking this troublesome case that he's on and he's going through all the archives he's pouring through that how great would it be if you could just google it if you could just search on this wiki to find exactly what he needed right there <laughs> that'd be amazing yeah, yeah and, and that's so much of what we do uh, as a marketing team there's so many demands on us and we forget the great ideas that we had or the ideas that we have but couldn't do now or the problem we found or the change we need to make but we got distracted by something else. And, and having that documented is so important and so valuable. And a lot of my clients find that, you know, as the Facebook person is working on the Facebook ads and, you know, update something, they can put that into the book of knowledge to say, I noticed this about our ads. This is my insight. And now the creative team can take that and then run with it and say, you know what, the next time we're building a new creative, that's a good idea. Or let's remember to always do this thing because most of our ads perform well, you know, with that change, with that format, whatever it is. So as a team comes up with insights, they can add them to this book of knowledge and the rest of the team can use those insights and apply them and scale them throughout all of your marketing. So whatever little thing you learn can be amplified and multiplied and it makes it so much better. And the same is true with processes. You know, how do you do your work? Who does the work? When does it happen? Where is it documented? All of that can be stored in this book of knowledge. So it is clear to anybody how we operate and how we do our marketing. Excellent. Excellent. So 
inside marketing inside out it has the word marketing in it and marketing means it's got to be measured you've got to have some kpis though so how do we measure internal marketing how do we know that this is working these processes because if you can't measure it you can't improve it at the end of the day so what do we what do cmos need to be thinking about when it comes to internal marketing in that respect it's a great question and a fair question too i'm a huge fan of the okr framework objectives and key results that's used by you know google ibm there's a book on it uh okrs are just so simple and so effective and you have to come up with them yourself. It depends on, on your specific situation, but essentially uh, for those who don't know, objectives and OKR, uh, OKRs are objectives and key results. So the objective is kind of your direction. You know, Where do you wanna be? What do you wanna do? Um, and the key results are the measurable components of that. What are the results we'll achieve? And if we achieve those, we'll know we're moving forward, we're headed toward our objective. And with OKRs, one of the benefits is that they are hierarchical. So you can have a you know, marketing team marketing organization OKRs, and then those can be broken down into individual functions on the marketing team. And then those can be broken down into the individuals, the roles on that. So you have full accountability from top to bottom of the team as a whole and the functional level and the individuals. And you can update your OKRs you know, once a year, twice a year, but I would monitor them and measure them throughout on a monthly basis, at least if not quarterly. So that's really, to me, one of the simplest, most effective ways to monitor and measure and manage the performance improvement internally of the team. And a lot of those OKRs will be centered around things that we talked about, like communication and collaboration and project management and process definition and things of, of the like. And then one of the great things about the OKR model, which sort of ties into what we're talking about today as well, is, is the transparency. Everyone in the company knows about these OKRs. They know who's working towards what, why they're working towards something. And I think that ties into the internal marketing in itself. That's part of building a culture for people to work with, work in. Um, as I said, it's quite hard for people to feel like they're aligned and work, working towards the same goal when they're in remote situations or hybrid situations. So having that kind of North Star, which OKRs provide, can be very, very valuable for any kind of organization. I think that's true, Will. And I think, you know, there's this, this acronym I have, and I think it's kind of cheesy, but I'll tell you it anyways. And that is TEAM, T-E-A-M. And to me, it stands for transparency, expectations, accountability, and metrics. And those are four of the things that every team needs. Um, you know, transparency, we have to see what each other are doing. And also we have to make that visible outside of marketing. Here's what marketing is doing. Here's how marketing is contributing. So transparency is paramount. And, and you're right that the OKRs help bring that transparency and that visibility. The second is expectations, that when we collaborate internally with each other, we have to be really clear about our expectations. It's not just, hey, Will, go and do this. Uh, we need to be clear about, here's what I want you to do and how it should be done and why we're doing it. And too often, especially in marketing, being more creative, there's a lack of expectations. It's just, we're going to do this thing and, and who knows how or why, but let's just try it and see and hope something comes of it. The third is accountability, which is, again, being creative from my experience, a lot of marketers need more accountability and there's a lack of accountability in marketing. So we need more accountability. There's a lot of ways to instill accountability. And the fourth, as you said, is metrics, which, you know, I think OKRs at a high level to manage the people in the process, um, but functionally, you know, metrics, how do we measure the performance of our marketing and what we're actually doing? And there's often a lack there or a lack of understanding of what the numbers are, what they mean, what should we be looking at and how often are we looking at those numbers? Or even just, what makes those numbers go up and down? Like it, it can be a bit of a mystery marketing. So 
educating your team on what actually how their activities are actually impacting these these metrics because it's got to be very valuable and make give them a greater sense of self-worth like let them know how they're contributing to your domain ranking to your engagement to your open rate your click-through rates and stuff like that show them show them the attribution don't just send show the c-suite the attribution show your team the attribution as well so they know what's going on i love it absolutely couldn't agree more so I'm sure there's lots of CMOs and lots of marketing leaders who have listened to the conversation think, this sounds all great. I want to do this. How am I going to get buy-in from the top? How am I going to convince them to invest time and resources into it? Because as you said, CMOs are under a lot of pressure to hit performance goals, to hit growth goals, to show dedicated ROI for pretty much every activity they do. So how do you how do you show this? Is there certain like case studies they can point to? Is there stats they can point to? Or is it really just you got to build up that relationship and get the get stuff over the line, I suppose? Fortunately, it's a lot easier, at least in my experience, than you may think, because the reality is I think everyone realizes the amount of waste and the struggle. And especially even in large companies, some of them have smaller teams. And if you're mid-size or smaller, you have a very small marketing team. Mm -hmm. And marketing teams on top of that traditionally are underfunded. They don't have enough budget. So it's really a question of, you know, how can you do the most with the least? And that's a tough place to be in. And, you know, you can't get more money to spend more money. And so really it comes down to the people you have and the resources you have. And you have to maximize those. And marketing inside out is the most effective way to do that. It's the most important. I mean, it's all you can do is improve how you operate and the efficiency with you operate. And both components, I think, are so important. One, the inside out part, which is improving your team, your collaboration, your processes, and how you do what you do. Uh, but the second that we talked about is that testing, test-driven marketing, that if you can test and validate things like a TripAdvisor, you can expedite the process. You can get the insights that you need to do great marketing and have the biggest result with the least effort and the least investment. So Thinking about a conceptual like that, often that's enough of a case. And CEOs, CMOs, you know, whoever needs to hear the buy-in understands and probably already realizes the problem is there, that we have a team that you know doesn't have the right skills or is being stretched too thin, and we need to make the most of it. And so the question then becomes, what's the best, fastest way to do that that's not going to cost us a lot and will have an annualized return? And that last part is the most important part, that if you improve your team, if you improve your people, you can improve all of your marketing now and in the future. And there's this infamous, perhaps made up conversation between a CEO and a CMO. And the CEO says, you know, what if we invest in our people and they leave? And the CMO says, what if we don't and they stay? And that's the reality of marketing inside out, that we have to invest in our people. We have to invest in our process. If we don't, every day that goes by, every dollar that we spend on marketing has more and more waste. And then uh, the, the idea of, investing your people and they go off to bigger and better things, that shouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Of course, you've invested money in them, but the fact that these great people are coming out of your business, that's going to attract more talent as well. It's going to make people want to work for them. If they're going to go off to another company and say, it's amazing, I loved working there, but I'm just here for, I've had to move across country or something like that, then that's, a, that's great. It's better that than saying they're going to a different place and they're saying, oh, they were terrible. It was awful. Never ever oh, yeah. work there. So, yeah, so it's true. a win-win. Like a pre investing money in people is never going to be a bad thing. I think when it comes to your marketing teams to improve their skills, like never. Most, if you're not willing to invest in your people, then how are you willing to invest in your customers? You know, this again is that that paradigm that we're willing to put money to get customers, but we 
neglect the people who are doing the work. We neglect the people who will get us there. We have to, you know, put the, we often put the cart before the horse, you know, and, and we got to think about it that way. The team has to come first and then the customer. That's the only way to approach this. If you ignore your team and hope you can reach customers and, and sell things, uh, you're mistaken. Tim, I was going to ask to wrap things up with a, a golden rule right there, but I think I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. Like if you're not investing in your team, you're not properly investing in your company at all. You're not investing in your customers. So I think that's a great way to, to think about it. But I, I will ask you um, to wrap things up. If, if, we, if there's anything else that CMOs need to be thinking about, any big golden rules they need to have in mind when it comes to comes to this inside out marketing, marketing inside out even. Absolutely. Forget about your customers. You know, there's too much focus on customers and not enough focus on teams. Marketing, despite being creative in nature, is more of a process than most people realize. And that is more true today than ever before. There's too much noise out there. We have to approach this methodically. And to do that, we have to put our oxygen mask on first before we can go and help our customers. And that's not selfish. Uh, that is how we can better serve our customers. That's how we can reach more customers. That's how we can be more profitable. And that's how we can have the biggest result. So it's really important that we stop, pause and reflect and look inside before we look outside. Excellent. Thank you very much, Tim. And I'm sure many of our audience are thinking, how are we going to start looking inside now? Um, and I'm sure they've enjoyed listening to this conversation as well, because I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much for joining us today, Tim. And thank you very much to our audience for listening. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos.